Okay, so, uh, holy shit, Galeno. Yeah. Who the hell is this? That numbnuts is me. That's not you. Yeah, man. Nope. Yeah, I was ten times fatter. <laughs> At least. With stupid glasses. These are, these are the dumbest glasses I've ever seen. Yeah. No, they're not. They're they, not. They don't even sit right on my face. No, but th- I, this is, this yeah. is, don't show this to anybody. It looks like I'm peeking up over the side of a boat with these glasses. <laughs> hey guys. the crossbar. Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am, uh, I'm, I, I, I'm enjoying very much the uh, image of uh, Mr. Jeff Galino's uh, uh, on his driver's license here. And uh, I got to be honest with you, I don't know how he passed the security at the airport with this thing. <laughs> this doesn't look anything like you. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I can't believe how much uh, neck and chin fat I had on that picture. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got, there's, yeah, there's really not, you don't have a neck in that picture your head just your head just sits on your shoulders like i definitely lied about my weight in this one <laughs> you're like it says 165 yeah you idiot uh well i mean that is uh, uh honestly uh, congratulations because <laughs> you look great you look nearly as terrible as you yeah used to. you look only half as why do bad. you look so swollen I mean, what happened to you did you get like do you have like stung. stung by a bee or something i think i tripped on my face it's, did you like <laughs> Hit kick, my neck on a rock. Did you get kicked in the balls right before you got that picture? Taken? Yeah! Take the picture! Smile! Take the picture! Yeah, I don't know. That's... I don't know. Like, they always say, like, uh, you know, you should you should hold the camera, like, above you when you're doing your selfies. Like, so you, like, look pretty B.A. Yeah. Yeah. But this lady's, like, taking a picture. She's like, chin up! You mean so you can see my neck fat? Yep, chin up! And then you wouldn't do it, so she ran over and kicked you in the balls, and then you're she's like, "Okay, picture time, you cardboard." And if you've ever been over to Carlisle, there's a little tiny lady that works there. The I DMV. know. I know exactly what you're talking and about. And so she's taking pictures from like my ankle level up at me. Yeah. You know, and yeah. to make sure like my nose was clean and everything. You know what she does for a living, though. What? She works in the porn industry. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fact. You can you can look it up. It's on her LinkedIn profile. <laughs> DMV by day. Yeah, we follow each other. Yeah. <laughs> Keep track of the latest trends. Uh, that's awesome. Network. We like to take network. your coat off and stay. Alive. I'm going to take my jacket off here. And uh, bring us. Yeah, it is warm. But it's comfortable though. You, you always keep a comfortable room. I I respect that. So well, I know that you like it between seventy and sixty eight. So I try yeah. to keep yeah. it. You yeah. Know, Perfect for when you get in here. If you can keep it at about uh, 69.25, yeah, that's... I can, I can do that. That's mm-hmm. optimal. Yeah. Optimal uh, temperature for podcasting. So, I guess we're going to... We should probably just dive in here. I'm in. We're just, we got about a half hour of uh, really great content coming up. Let's do it. It's Jay. almost a guarantee. Yeah, you're talking about the big V. The big V, yeah. We want to talk about... Uh, we want to talk about our relationship with violence today. <laughs> So this is a this is a deep uh, deep topic because this is a, a timely topic, but I don't think there's a time that it's not timely. Honestly, true when we think about it. But uh, I'm I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by our uh, our relationship to violence. Um, n- most notably, either our um, our attraction to it or our repulsion to it. Huh. And uh, and I want to explore today the dichotomy of that relationship. You know. Um, and one of the things that I observed, I think, most readily, and, and maybe it, it, there, I'm sure are many others that, 
that feel the same way, but I, I feel like in our the circle that I run in, it's a no-no to talk about having a, any type of positive relationship with violence. Um, and maybe that's in light of like our, our uh, awareness as a society. And, uh, you know, I will build a disclaimer into this uh, podcast before we get started by saying that in no way do I condone um, unwanted or unwarranted violence on another human being. Sure. I just don't condone that type of thing. But I don't always see uh, my relationship with violence as a, as a negative thing. Um, and, uh, and I feel sometimes ashamed or weird at the very, at the very best to say anything about it, you know, <laughs> but I find the more that I talk about it, the more others sort of have the same, you know, strange relationship with it and not quite sure how to articulate it. So that's kind of what I want to do today. Nice. If you're into it. I am. So talk about how this uh, came to mind. So one of the, one of the things, first and foremost, and we've talked about this before, but you know, as a, as a boy, uh, growing up in America in the eighties, you know, the, the, um, uh, like the violence was glorified to the extreme, whether it's, it was in media or the, at the arcade. Cause there used to be a place that you went to play video games. Yeah. You didn't do it in your house, except for if you had an Atari, but even that was not nearly yeah. as graphic but you wanted the good stuff you went to the arcade you remember that well i also remember in order to get home you had to use the payphone to call the parents. <laughs> you did. Yeah. or you had to like you had to make some arrangement with your friends and his parents and then you'd miss them and it was a, yeah. and then you had to call them anyway you folks and they were all pissed off because it was dinner time and, and then you blew all your quarters already on, yeah, the, on, exactly. the, on the machine you had to call collect collect. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so anyway, so like this image of, of violence was, was very like, uh, was very much glorified in my youth. I mean, I, and I, you know, all of my, all of my, uh, toys were action figures. I mean, I had a chest full of weaponry guns, you know, rifles, pistols, yeah. you know, knives, swords, the whole nine yards. And we used to play war and our, our games were, were violent. I mean, yeah. It was like, you know, the argument was whether or not, you know, any part of my cerebral cortex was still left. And, the, the, you know, it's like, no, I shot you right through the skull. You're dead, you know. Um, and as, as I grew older, I mean, my fascination with violence in terms of like the, the media I consumed, um, the stories I read, um, those types of things like never changed, you know. Yeah. And I'm not a violent person by nature. Well, that's the argument I'm going to make. I shouldn't say that. I think I am a violent person by nature. Right. Um, but I, but I, I'm a pretty passive guy in the, in the general sense. Um, pretty, I, I mean, pretty, you know, I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? I, I'm not, I don't come off as somebody that, that wants to harm you. Right. You know? I'm not, uh, uh, I'm not outwardly violent. Um, I don't glorify violence in my discussions with my friends or my family or anything like that. Um, so you're saying you're a, you're a puss. Yeah, I'm a puss. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big I'm a big I'm a big Big snuggly. Yeah, you come in and give me I'm a lover, not a fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I I'm there with you. That's me. So I mean that's what kind of where it comes from. But but the more like so we you know, when I got involved in in combat sports, you know, it filled a a a, a, like uh, an internal need, you know, to explore that side of me. Yeah. And it does put it into a relatively safe environment, right? It's a structured environment. Um, and the art of violence, as I call it, is practiced on a regular basis if you stick with it. And, and you start to understand different things, not only about yourself, but about your relationship to violence. Um, you know, so that's kind of where, that's, and this is what's led me up to this. And now we're at the point where I think we should talk about it. Um, not least of which because we live in a society that is, 
that is very like anti-violence and rightly so i'm not i'm not you know i'm not criticizing our our desire to not harm each other yeah but i think really a lot of this stuff the um you know the ultra violence that's occurring in our society and the uh the argument is skewed on the sides of people that know nothing about it mm-hmm. and i'm not talking about and certainly there's different levels right there are I have, I have plenty of friends and family that are combat veterans. They they have a different perspective on violence, right? Um, we have we have lots of friends that are that are uh, police officers. They have a different perspective on violence. Um, we partake we partake and teach uh, a combat sport, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. We and, and you know all this stuff like has a sort of um, a common ground though, and it's a and it, it at least to me it comes to the point where you. You gain a different understanding. Uh, your sense of humor about it changes. Your perspective about it changes. And ultimately, what it does for me is it says, um, I have because of this understanding, I have more control over it. Yeah. Right? And so one of the things that's always said, and then, and then I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on this, is one of the things that's often said by people who learn how to fight is they, they realize almost immediately that they don't want to fight. Oh, absolutely. And uh, my dad always said, uh, you know, his time in combat, he said, you know, the quickest way to make a pacifist is to send him to war, you know? <laughs> oh, and, uh, you know, so, I mean, so, and, and my dad volunteered for that shit. Like, he, you know, he wasn't drafted, and there's nothing wrong with being drafted either, necessarily. I'm just saying that he, he wanted to go, you yeah. know? Um, and he was young and, and so forth and, and excited uh, about the, the prospects uh, of what, what kind of, perspective war would bring to his life or whatever um it changed his mind obviously about a lot of things but you know he didn't need it after he'd seen it that was it he didn't need you know so i guess like we all come to that same conclusion at a certain point if you are in that yeah in that sphere so what are your thoughts yeah my thoughts are i you know before anybody out there starts thinking that um they're not part of that mentality I challenge you to show me one Netflix video that you've watched or docu-series that, that didn't include somebody killing somebody slowly by peeling off their skin. <laughs> right. You know? And you enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> right? And, and it's like, it's in all these shows, you know, that are, that are coming up and becoming, you know, these like must-watch, binge-worthy shows. The, the violence is like, it's almost overplayed. And, and maybe in a sense that like, you know, you and I had talked about the fact that, you know, violence is largely removed from our culture. You know, we have asylums for people with mental problems. We've got prisons that are busting at the seams that that house some of the most violent people in our country. And I'm not knocking any of those things. Happy to have that be the case because I don't want to come across any of these people in my life. Right. But I think what ends up happening is is that people have an inside feeling that the violence is real. They just haven't seen it yet. Right. Right. And so you and I kind of were, were discussing this podcast and you know, there's that sense that, that we're drawn to it like you were saying. And there's another sense that we have a feeling that it's just underlying society at this point. And and my my example would be Try making a mistake on the road and having that person look you in the eye from their other vehicle and tell me you haven't seen violence just under the surface. Oh, sure. Yeah. If they could get a hold of you at that moment. 
Sure. You know, and, and all you did was pull out in front of them. Right, right. Innocent mistake. Like, Innocent you know, mistake. shit happens. I mean, that's, no, it's true. We, we, uh, we recognize this a lot just in our daily lives when, you know, you say you, you use tra- traffic as a perfect example because you have the, um, you have the autonomy of your vehicle, you're secure in that place. So people feel free to like do all kinds of crazy stuff, you know, because yeah. they're, they're in the safety of that bubble. Um, but we also see it in, in like public where, you know, you, you accidentally step in front of somebody in line or, you know, you didn't hold the door for someone accidentally, like let it slip or whatever. And the first thing, you know, the first thing they do is call you a name or, yeah. you know, mumble something under their breath, you know, <laughs> or, you know, you're at the bar and like somebody's eyeballing you, you know, cause they want to know. Oh, you eyeballing me. I, uh, oh, it's a I, fast way to get me mad. Yeah. Well, see, that, that's a trigger for you. Me. Yeah. That's a trigger for you. <laughs> But I, you know, but these things, so the culture of, uh, you know, I say, I shouldn't speak to it as the culture or the culture of violence. Uh, cause I think that that's a, I think that's a buzz phrase that's being thrown a lot around a lot in, in our, in our society today. But I, um, and I, I want to get away from it. What I think uh, you made a really good point here recently. I'd like you to expand upon it is that, you know, from an entertainment standpoint, we consume it, we consume violence like it's, I mean, we enjoy it. Yeah. And then let's not, let's not, I mean, if it's a superhero movie, if it's a, if it's an action flick, if it's a thriller, if it's a horror film, um, there's very few instances or very few genres that don't incorporate some kind of, of gratuitous violence to it. And we want it, you know, we want it. We want to see, um, even at its, at its core, we want to see the good guy eviscerate the bad guy. Right. right? And we don't want him just to like knock him out and take him to jail. We want to see him pay. Right. Listen, there was the scene in, um, Game of Thrones and, and all you GOT fans out there, Remember the moment, and I hope. Hey, this is gonna be a uh, spoiler, so spoiler alert. <laughs> Close your ears if you haven't seen it yet. But there's the guy who is who is called the Flare. Yeah. And he hunts people with his dogs. He tortures them. Yeah. He's an awful person. Oh yeah. yeah. Everything about him makes you want to see him get his. Yeah. And at the end. Like if if he just happened to like die of a heart attack, like it would have been the worst part of this entire series. Yeah, exactly. But he didn't. Yeah. I mean, she she turned his dogs on him. Yeah, it was great. And you just get that like satisfaction of being like, that's what he gets. That's what you get. That's and we right. use that term a lot in the gym. That's, that's what, what you get. That's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> right, like you finally get yeah. the tap, and yeah. and you, you're you're in a violent situation, and they have to submit. Yeah, that's what you get. That's what you get. That's because right. we're training ourselves in violence. That's right, and it's it's see, it's fascinating. So we've got this. So we have this connection, and we're we're perfectly comfortable with with discussing that in context to a piece of entertainment. Um, but if you came into if you came into the gym on Wednesday and said, you know, this is what I did to somebody. We would be appalled, you know. We'd be like, even if they were, even if it was the worst person on earth, and you took him out by sicking your dog on him, yeah, and watching him get eaten to death, I would be like, Galena, what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah, we're not friends anymore. Yeah, like, dude, that's not that's 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 messed up, right? And um, but but so I think it's I think it's a, I think it's weird, and I think there's a whole component of our humanity that says. You know, maybe that's maybe that's why we do consume that stuff so that we can get it out of our system, so to speak. So we can we can uh, live vicariously through these characters. You know, because I think it's that happens a lot too, huh? It's kind of a vent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You you're like, okay, so 
I see myself in the position of this character and uh, that's exactly what I would do too, right. you know, and, and it feels good. And then you get it out of your system, you can go about your daily life, which doesn't involve, you know, uh, filleting people or torturing them or, you know, sicking your dog on them or taking their heads off, you know, those types of things. Yeah. Or just punching people in the face. Or just, yeah, right, just committing like random acts of violence. Like, like when is it okay to strike somebody? Right. It's <laughs> Like, my kids do well, that, and I'm like, why do you do that? Like, why is it a thing that you you actually hit hit somebody else? Well, like, it's so fascinating. So this is another interesting thing. So speaking of which, like, so when you and I were growing up, when we were kids, and, um, you know, you got into a fight, it was still, like, I remember, I remember they still paddled kids in school. Yeah. You know, the principal carried a paddle, and, like, you heard him coming down the hallway, he'd clack it against the wall, you know? And, and it was to send the message. Brilliant. Yeah, it was brilliant, but totally terrifying. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That shit would never fly today. And it wouldn't fly with my kids. Like, if, if uh, there's some dude that was in the school and he took my kid out of class and paddled him with a board, like... It's on. It's on, sucker. Like, right, you know? And, and so... But it, it was strange because also to that, to that end, I want to say is that we did solve a lot of problems... When we were kids, by punching each other in the face. Absolutely. You know? Now, the strange thing about this is that at least where I grew up, when that stuff happened, I'd say eighty percent of the time, random statistic, you became friends with that person, right? Yeah, because you true. both knew that you were like you were down for a fight, and you neither one of them ran away. It didn't matter who won or lost; you became friends then, right? yeah. Because as you know, like in those melees, no one really wins. No, you know. No. It's it's just a hobby. Even if you did win and you were to to hurt them in a way, like you really don't win. Like mm-hmm. you know, philosophically, you don't win. Right. You know, I you, would agree. you've hurt somebody. Right. And what you didn't really want to do, you just didn't. No, you're just you angry. just didn't want to get hurt. But maybe some people do. I do see some people who have, um, you know, maybe there's different tolerances or levels of violence that people are used to, and you know, that's my concern with all the shows having so much gratuitous violence is that. Um, do we become like a culture where violence becomes normalized and it becomes a thing where, you know, it's like, it's like drinking alcohol, right? Sure. You remember your, as a kid, the first time you ever tried alcohol, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Then you have a couple drinks and you're like, man, it's not so bad. And a few more drinks later, you're like, this, is, really, this is the best thing ever. Hey man, I might use the D word. It's, it's delicious. It's delicious. Right. I right? like the taste of it. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, and so yeah, like in the same strange. way, you know, does, I don't know, does violence become something that becomes a, uh, you know, we, yeah. we become normalized. Yeah. Today. Normalized. Yeah. Yeah. And numb to it. Cause I have seen people engaged in a fight. Like, you know, I, I, I'm just this past week I saw a video of a female police officer approaching a vehicle and, and she was um, routine traffic stop. She was approaching uh, the driver's side and, you know, it's all on the police video. And, uh, you know, as she approaches, she walks up to the window and as soon as she got close enough, the guy in the passenger seat very calmly grabbed her by the shirt and put a gun against her. Right. And, you know, she started screaming and I don't know if anybody else has seen this video, but she starts screaming and, and she's struggling to get the guy's hand with the gun yeah. and push it away. Right. And at the moment she's screaming, you know, please don't kill me. Please don't shoot me. Yeah. And, and he is very calmly saying, just, just hold still. Just, yeah. just hold still. Just calm down. Yeah. So what? So I can kill you? You're right. <laughs> so you can kill me? Right? And, you know, and, and it ends with, you know, uh, she, she maintained her posture, which is, I think, what you're going towards here. Yeah. 
in in this sense of violence and panic, she had practiced enough that she maintained her posture right, right. while completely freaking out because you would right. to get a call to her partner who came up and you know Ended shot and killed yeah. this guy. Yeah, he turned his birthdays off. Yeah. Turned his birthdays off. Yeah, <laughs> and and uh, you know it, it's it, it you see that dichotomy where you know she even being a police officer wasn't used to the violence but was trained correctly. Right. This guy, very, very, very used to violence for some reason. Yeah. But not trained correctly because he could have executed her very easily. Sure. Um, so, you know, I don't know if that speaks to this, but I, I, I think in the sense that, you know, normalizing violence is at different levels with each person. It's, I think it has a lot to do with intent, right? So I think we put ourselves, a lot of times what happens, and this is where we go with this in terms of um, the society we live in and the, the level of violence that we deal with. Um, you know, and for the most part, I, honestly, I can, you know, I speak to... Uh, from a perspective of living in a very safe environment for the most part, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody's pretty, like, pretty keeps themselves. I shouldn't say that they're kind because, I mean, I've been to places in this country that people are open and warm and kind. Um, I wouldn't really put that as the Northeast. (laughs) (laughs) But but at the very least, they keep themselves, you know, they keep to themselves, right? They're not interested in a a melee. They're not interested in fighting. Um, So in the community I live in is, is not threatened by violence on a regular basis. But I, I will say that, uh, you know, what's, what's interesting about this, about the scenario and, uh, you know, we were talking about your, you know, your, uh, the, the composure in those situations is that she, because, because of his, the, the, where this other guy was coming from, the, the perpetrator of this crime, uh-huh. I, I lost my thought for a minute. Now I've got it back. The, we don't know where he came from, right? So right. as we had mentioned earlier, like there's, there's people that grew up in a, in a world of violence that we don't understand, right? Because we didn't, we weren't there. Like, if you talk to people from other countries who live through violent times, they, their sense of humor and their perception of violence is totally different than everybody else's. Yeah, right? that's interesting. And it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It just means that that's what they were exposed to. That's how they see things. Now, I can't speak to that guy in the car. He might have had something wrong with him mentally. He might, he might just be down on his luck. Like, he didn't see that there's any other thing to do. But we don't know his intent. You can only assume that if you point a gun at somebody, your intent is to kill them, right? Absolutely. So she did the right thing. Now... You're right in the sense that, like, obviously, if he had if he had any like type of formal relationship with with violence in terms of training and so forth, my guess is he probably would have never pulled that gun in the first place. Right. Right. And if he did, his if his intent was to kill, is to shoot and kill her, he would have done it. You know. But there comes a point where he got stuck, right? Because she did something he wasn't expecting. Right. And that is, she defended herself. Right. Yeah. And he was like, "Oh crap! What do I do now?" Right. You have to make the choice. Yeah. You have to make the choice. Of course, her partner made the choice for him. Well, and but here's the late. thing. You know, we choose to... Just because violence and isn't in your space and you live in a safe area doesn't mean that you're never going to see it. And, oh, absolutely. And absolutely. I, I think the interesting thing is, that, you know, we show up on a regular basis to practice... Um, in in most cases, the defense and application of violence in in a direct result of somebody pushing us, right? Like it's 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 called a, a self defense. It's right, it's right. not like we're going out to try to pick fights or you know, impose not. our will on somebody. Yeah. And and there's a place for that. You know, it's called the UFC. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's right. You want to fight, yeah. right? There's plenty of avenues yeah, I mean, to make money. Some people even. enjoy that, <laughs> like just going around and pushing yeah. pushing it to see you know what they can handle, but. Yeah. In the sense that we practice it, 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 in in the most cases that, you know, I would say 
Um, another good statistic is 99% of the time I'm not trying to start a fight. Right. I'm just trying to, to <laughs> stop it. a random statistic for you guys. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true though. But So that leads to another, another observation about this and our relationship to violence that I find fascinating. Um, is that like, you understand that like when you're, because violence, uh, because it comes out of nowhere, it's usually like, again, I go back to the story you just told about this, uh, this officer who was, who was in dire need, um, who was in trouble is that, you know, even though she was, she was well-trained and she kept her cool and composed, she did everything that she was supposed to do, try and deflect the, the weapon from discharging into her chest or her face. Um, she still pleaded with him for his life. And yeah. in, in some ways, you have to wonder if she was also pleading with him for his life. Right. Like, you, and you like this can't, doesn't need to happen. Right, this doesn't need to happen. Like, she knows that her partner's back, or that she just called for backup. Like, she knows what the result's going to be. And she may not consciously know it at that time, but I guarantee, like, that's part of the process, right? Yeah. So, in a lot of ways, it's like when you're trying to stop, when you're trying to stop violence, you're also, it's not just about defending yourself. It's also about protecting the other person. Yeah. Because, because I think the majority of these things, and again, I couldn't speak to this. I think we have we have uh, folks that we that we're good friends with, and that we roll with the stuff that are uh, police officers. They could probably speak to it more than we could. But I think the majority of people don't set out to be to do that. I think they get to a point where it crosses over a line, and then there's no going back. And that's when that's when people have to intervene. That's when the police have to intervene because they've gone over the line, right? They've broken the law. Yeah. And then they feel like, okay, now there's no way out of this except for me to start causing harm to people. Um, and, and their job is to say like, you don't have to do this, right? Like at this point you've broken the law, you'll pay for that crime, but don't make it worse. Right. Don't, don't, nobody has to die. And being trained in, in combat, the combat arts, uh, being trained in violence, the art of violence, I think in a lot of ways, um, not only, not only helps you, but it helps the other person too, you know? Um, especially Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, because, I feel that those skill sets present an opportunity for us to diffuse a violent situation with our bodies yeah. without causing permanent damage. We could, you could do permanent damage if you wanted, but you don't have to, which is right. pretty, pretty amazing. So, yeah, I had a student the other day, um, you know, we were teaching, um, we were teaching a sweep and I was teaching from my back and the person was standing over me and, um, you know, this sweep was intended to put that person on their back very gently. And then, you know, for me to stand up with that momentum and then be over top of them in a dominant position. Right. Right. And he stopped me and he was a very new student. And he said, well, why wouldn't you just kick me in the nuts? He's like, I'm not trying to be smart. I'm not trying to be funny. Yeah. But, but from a self-defense standpoint, why wouldn't you just kick me in the nuts? And right. I, you know, and I thought about it before I answered him and I came up with two reasons. And number one, that doesn't always work on everybody. Right. Right. Some people don't have any balls. And some people don't. Some people don't have feeling in them. And some people are just that angry that it doesn't yeah, impact no, them. No, it's true. And yeah. not not to mention that there are some guys that a, a woman is bigger than him. Yeah. So you can't really kick her in the balls. Right. 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 And so let's really stop and think about like the impact that you just put all your eggs in a basket of striking someone in with the intent of hurting them. Right. And what happens when it doesn't work? What happens when it doesn't work? You know, and, and so that was the second point. Um, you know, we're not going to do that because our goal isn't to cause damage. Our, our goal is to avoid the violence in the first place. Right. Right. So if you find yourself in a position where someone's standing over you and you're able to sweep them and put them on their butt, 
Right. And then get up and run away. Sure. And that's what my ultimate answer to him was. Like, I'm going to teach you how to go after and have a, an offensive posture after you put them on their back and dominate them and end the match. Sure. Um, but really the best case scenario is, is that, you know, you put them on their butt and you get up and you run. Right. You get away. Right. And that's the ultimate goal is to, is no confrontation. Right. Right. You know, so our, our relationship with violence too is to, is, is not, I mean, don't miss the part that we're also saying that if you can avoid it. Yeah. You, and, and there's an effective way to do that. We're practicing that too. Yeah, you should. I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. The, it doesn't, we don't have to contribute to like the, uh, to the, um, to the detrimental in other words. We don't have to contribute to the, the end right. for everybody, you know, or like some sort of permanent damage. If it happens, it happens. That's, but it's not our intent. Yeah. Right. And again, that goes back to what we were talking about before. Yeah. That's a, that's a, it's a really good example. Um, you know, in a, in addition to that, like, and the, there's something else interesting about this, about teaching, right, in those in those positions and those questions that are asked. First of all, I totally agree with you. Like, I, I mean, I can't, those questions are asked repeatedly in the self-defense um, scenario, especially when there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of martial arts that are teaching people to gouge eyes and, you know, and to kick them in the groin and all this. Well, first of all, you don't, it is not always the case that you have an option option to kick someone in the groin, right? And I would, I would argue, by the way, that uh, a woman getting kicked in the groin hurts just as much as a dude, but, <laughs> but it's not always an option, you know, right. to kick someone in the groin. And also, you know, these things like small joint manipulations and stuff like that. I'm like, you know, the thing is, is if you're in a fight and if somebody tries to break my finger, break my finger, and find out what happens. Like, yeah. that's not gonna. It's not gonna stop me, or some. Worse yet, it's not gonna stop somebody else who's hell bent on causing me harm. You know, I mean, I had a buddy who got into a bar fight when he was, you know, in his twenties or whatever, and uh, he said that uh, he and it was a. It was apparently it was a blowout melee, um, and it, this guy that he was fighting gouged him in the eye. You know, stuck his thumb in his eye, and he said, he said, I didn't even feel it. All I did was like, you know, he almost lost that eye from it. <laughs> But he said, I didn't, it didn't matter to him at all. He still had him by the throat and, you know, yeah. you know, donkey punched him in the, <laughs> you know, gorilla punched him in the head until he stopped. So, I mean, like there's these scenarios and there's people in this world that you can hit as hard as you want and it just doesn't do anything. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it, so I totally agree with that. Um, the, the other thing though, the other interesting component of this is as you're teaching this, you're also teaching like these, these skills so that when they go out into the world and they're faced with adversity, um, they're faced with a, uh, a traumatic situation, I would argue that our relationship to violence also helps us navigate those waters as well. So my students, I feel confident, and I will say this with 100% confidence, that my students are the type of people that if they see a car accident, right? They're the people that run up to see if they can help. Yeah. Because they have, a, they have a sense of composure and understanding about themselves, about the world, about violence, about what they can do to help that they could do those things. So mm-hmm. in, in other words, violence in and of itself, when I, when I, when, and I could be totally off on this, but I'm just, I'm thinking out loud. Violence in and of itself isn't necessarily bad or good. It just is, it's a constant. It exists whether we want it to be there or not. But to have, to be able to wield that as a power, as a control, I think could be to a great benefit. I think those that don't have a control over it, that's when things go wrong. That's what I think. Yeah, which is why they probably largely moved violence into safe places so that people can have a relationship with it. I mean, like, listen, th- there's no doubt in my mind that there's a desire to have a relationship with violence in a way that is not 
carrying all the the weight and responsibility yeah. and outcomes of a real violent situation. And it's it's not evident in anything more than LARPing. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. Yeah. So think about all the people. And, and you know, I, I've seen two places in my life. One is out, you know, in the, the area towards Lancaster. Um, and then there's an area that's that's up towards Grove City in Pennsylvania. Okay. They have actually a castle. People will dress up in full <laughs> in full knights and shining armor right? with foam swords <laughs> and and they, they beat the crap out of each other. Right. But there's no like ultimate expectation that this is gonna be a life ending situation. They know that it's a safe way to express this this desire for violence. Right. It's, right. it's hilarious. Well, as I say, I mean we get like we it always leads back to this, like the the um the feeling of entertainment, right? I mean, it's it's engaging you, it's entertaining, um, and you just... It's hilarious. We, we love it, you know? We yeah. love it. We think it's hilarious, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, so I guess, so there's, so there's all those things, and I, and, I, and I guess this leads to, like, a really, like, hot topic, and we'll, we, you know, we're going to try and wrap things up here in the next couple minutes for this, but, you know, I think this conversation should continue um, because it's a good one. But one of the things I want to put on the table... And it's just a theory that I have. So, and I could be totally wrong, um, but uh, and I'm and I'm open to the discussion. But this also leads into like things like that we're facing currently about you know um, gun control. Okay, mm-hmm. and my argument. So here's the first thing I will say: this is that I own zero guns, zero. Um, I've been taught how to shoot. I enjoy going to the range, firing off everybody's ammunition, wasting their money, and. <laughs> Uh, I love pistols uh, in particular. I love shooting pistols. It's just great. Um, it's it's a, it's it's a feeling of like of power and control that you know that you are wielding again wielding violence right and it's an art form for a lot of people to learn how to manage and, and use these weapons and now these weapons are often used uh, in the like I shouldn't say often but often enough that it's become national media to kill other people right. right. And the argument over assault weapons and so forth. My, but and I don't have a dog in that fight one way or the other because I don't own weapons, right? But I have lots of friends uh, that do. All of them are responsible gun owners. All of them are decent human beings. Um, and I would be absolutely flabbergasted if I ever heard that they use that in a you know in a violent context. But I think if we don't address our relationship to violence first, we'll never. Like, you can control all the guns you want, but if somebody is intent on causing harm to another human being on a mass scale, they'll figure out a way. Yeah. You know? And that's... And so, like... So, again, it's not really an issue of gun control in my mind as much as it is that we're we're not... We're not answering to the... And we can put it in the category of mental health, and that's fine. Um, but these people aren't always just off their rocker, right? Right. They might, they're suffering from mental health issues, as we all do. Mental health is a part of your being, right? Every human being. And so, yeah, they're probably traumatic, traumatized by something that's going on in their lives. But, but honestly, like, you know, if we're not, if we're not addressing, if we're not addressing our relationship to violence in a in a healthy way, I don't see that we're going to be able to stop people from committing acts of violence. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's my that is my naive <laughs> attempt well, at unpacking that one. <laughs> yeah, you know what? But but there's there's a lot to that, and um, there's a lot of issues just like that that are all packed together that are worth thinking about. You know, worth giving time. Um, 
video games with my kids. Yeah. You know, it's, it, you're giving them a much more realistic version of what we said we did when we were growing up. Right. We went to the toy box and got guns, then we went and found friends to pretend to kill. Yeah. Where they go into a, you know, a click box and they select the gun they want and then they go and they go online and kill their friends online. Right. You know, but th this is all an animated way, whether it's a, a, an imaginary or it's a digital or right. for some people they cross the line and it becomes real life. And right. The, the idea that I want to leave this with today is that um, don't, don't be naive to think that just because we're living in a peaceful time that violence isn't just below the surface. It's a thin veil between what we experience right now, uh, a very peaceful time, yeah. to, you know what, food shortages, yeah. people be fighting for food. Right. Gas shortages... People be duking it out in parking lots at the gas station. Sure. You know, and, and insert whatever you want in there. But when push comes to shove, we have a time of plenty right now. And when people want to get theirs and someone's standing in their way, and it's never more evident than if you just pull onto the highway in, some, in front of somebody yeah. and take their place in line and look at the anger on their face. Yeah. No, it's totally true. And, I, and, I, and so, so that we don't leave this on a post-apocalyptic bent. I will give you two words to illustrate your point perfectly. Mm -hmm. Beanie babies, motherfucker. <laughs> Beanie babies. There. Do you remember when Beanie babies were hot? So, yeah, man. Don't so, touch mine. Okay, don't touch Galena's baby Beanie babies. If, for those of you that that were too young for this or don't know about it, when Beanie babies were hot and it was around Black Friday, right for yeah. right before Christmas, people there were people all over the country that you you have a you have a Beanie baby. What the fuck, man? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Galena's got a beanie baby. It's a sloth. That's my boy sloth. <laughs> people, people were killed. They were trampled to death over over the mass, like the 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 mass of people trying to get in. People were getting punched in the face and beaten. Like so, violence does exist. It boils right underneath the surface. And if you put it in the right, like you have the right mixing pot for it, it'll blow right. Yeah. And that's like so. And, and that I was over. Be, I, I want to be the guy who's practicing running away from it. Yeah. Exactly. Like, fine. Keep your beanie babies. That's right. That's right. You can have it. It's fine. Give me some out. Right. Right. And 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 like in twenty years, I'll buy it on eBay for thirty cents because. You know, because it ain't that important. Yeah, actually, I'm not gonna buy a beanie baby ever. So, <laughs> would you, but anyway, would you buy this one? I would. Yeah, yeah. The reason I have this and that it looks so decrepit is, I had a boxer, yep. and his name was Simon, the best dog. I know everybody says, "Oh, this was the best dog." Simon was voted the best dog by everybody. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. didn't even know you voted. Yeah. You can. You but can but he up. was voted the best dog by everybody. This was his toy. He used to carry this dang on thing around by his nose all day, every day. And so I still have it just as a memory of my big, stupid dog. That's awesome. Yeah, so anyways. Well, anyway, that'll, that'll wrap it for this episode. And uh, you guys take care of yourselves. Have a great week. And we'd love to continue this conversation you know, on Facebook and, uh, and uh, give us your perspectives on this stuff. Because it's, I, think it's a really, I think it's a timely and interesting topic. It's, and I think the more we talk about it and the more that we're open to each other's views on these things from different perspectives, the closer we come to living in that peaceful society that yeah. we can and then and then when things do go wrong we know how to take care of one another yeah. so but don't be dark about it yeah don't be dark about it don't act like it ain't there yeah don't hide it it's there it's there all right peace all right see ya